Hi, I'm Steve. I'm Erin. And I'm Daniel. And we're the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. Three friends with professional scientific backgrounds. Talking about all things under the sun in the most digestible way. Enjoy. Welcome back to episode 24 of the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. Today we have a very special guest on, Nicole, also known as Nicole's Neuroscience on Instagram. She's a, she's a neuroscientist and social media influencer. I think that's fair to, to say. Wow. Influence. <laughs> <laughs> I try and just educate on yeah, neuroscience. Yeah. And uh, hopefully today we can discuss the topic of drugs and the use of medicine. Um, maybe the first place we can steer it. We all know that you know drugs are useful <laughs> in general, but uh, so I guess some drugs are classed as illegal uh, in the UK. Um, although they've been, we've we've seen them be used in in perhaps medicine in the past. Uh, I guess morphine uh, is used as a pain relief. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what the legality yeah. for that is. Yeah. yeah, there's a few. Um, I think there's a big revolution starting around drug science, um, and actually, there's a lot of people in the UK who are big. So kind of like the godfathers of, um, you know, alternative drug uses. Um, and, you know, LSD was originally synthesized for anxiety and depression in the 1940s. Um, it obviously just picked up a lot of traction when they realized the uh, hallucinogenic effects, which is uh, why it became a popular party drug. And then uh, got classed as a class A drug, which is kind of unfair because it doesn't actually have a lot of the um, consequences that mm. other drugs have, you know, uh, things like uh, cocaine, heroin, even alcohol. Um, I actually had a look at the, stis- uh, the statistics today. The, the, I don't know if you guys know him, David Nutt. He's like, oh, a, yeah, yeah he, so he's one of the first guys to come up with, well, not come up with, but to start, uh, you know, revolutionizing the whole drug science um, in the UK. And uh, it's multifactorial, but alcohol is actually on the top of the list of um, drug-related incidents and accidents, harm to yourself and harm to others. Uh, so dr- alcohol is at the top, uh, LSD, MDMA, psilocybin, all at the bottom of the list. Mm. Um, ketamine was kind of like, you know, a little bit, maybe a quarter of the way up, if I can remember correctly. But yeah, heroin, uh, crystal meth were all higher up, but alcohol was the top, which I thought was um, quite a... Uh, Shopping. That's interesting. Yeah. Should I uh, give some, you know, kind of a little bit of background of uh, drugs and how they're used in the UK and their classification? Yeah, so um, the UK government classifies drugs in two categories, Schedule 1 or Schedule 2. Schedule 1 means that it has no therapeutic effect whatsoever. Uh, and Schedule 2 means that it can have medicinal uses. Now, recently, uh, I think in 2018, a young boy called Billy Caldwell or Caldwell, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, was uh, suffering epileptic seizures quite severely. And so his mother was giving him cannabis oil. It was taken away by the home office and it started this whole kind of, you know, new precedent, new case where yeah. they had to delve into whether or not marijuana actually or CBD oil or whatever was actually dangerous or it had, um, you know, therapeutic uses. And so at the end of that, you know, kind of ruckus and that back and forth with the home office and so on, they decided to move uh, you know, cannabis to uh, a schedule two drug. So it can be prescribed now because they do believe that it has therapeutic uses. Uh, as you mentioned as well, Sandoz, the pharmaceutical company uh, in the 1950s, uh, actually used LSD to treat a variety of uh, different conditions. Um, and they also use psilocybin and MDMA, which are also schedule one drugs. 
So right. they're also illegal at the moment. But what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, um, I've been doing a lot of research and reading up on LSD and MDMA trials that they have going on at the moment. Um, there's a guy called Mendel Kalin in London who paired up with a guy called Brian Eno. I don't know if you know him. He's a producer for U2, David Bowie, etc. And they're basically using um, PTSD uh, patients um, to do uh, LSD-induced therapy, so psychotherapy, um, psychedelic therapy. Um, And they basically created an app where they use uh, the brainwaves um, to basically, uh, like, how do I explain this? Um, There's no music, that particular music with lyrics that they've produced, but the music changes according to the state of, uh, you know, so, and basically they, they, they dose the LSD through the, through the ears actually. And uh, yeah, these people have like full blown effects of um, LSD, but alongside the music and in the right setting um, helps them kind of uncover um, the trauma because, you know, they psychedelics help break through the pattern of thought pattern that we normally go through. So, someone has gone through something traumatic, they don't necessarily want to relive it. So they'll block it out in any way that they can. Mm. Um, and now depression can set in and negative thought patterns set in and they're nasty cycles of distorted and hostile personal attacks on the brain. You know, that's how the brain works when you're in these kind of state of minds and psychedelics help break that pattern because, you know, something's got to give and it just helps them relive it. Whether it's in a in a good way or a bad way, it, uh, you know, there's grown men crying on these on these chairs with the music. Yeah. You read up about it on the Rolling Stones. It's really interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been shown to to have massive therapeutic effects in terms of alongside therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, there's um yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, good and bad, obviously, with any drug. <laughs> so you know, we can't start spouting out that MDMA and LSDs are good, but you know, yeah. in a setting, you know, with a, somebody who knows what they're doing, you know, geo, uh, therapist, psychiatrist, um, then yeah, 100%. So, um, traditionally speaking, I mean, uh, most drugs, as you mentioned, like cocaine and alcohol and whatever, they have addictive uh, pharmacodynamics, as in, you know, when you have it once, you want to have it again. With LSD, it's not actually an addictive drug, but you can build up a tolerance for it. So in that sense, it is a bit different to, you know, what we classify as drugs, traditionally speaking. Um, And, you know, for people who do suffer from alcoholism, actually, in the uh, 60s, they done um, some set of trials, which were then published, where just one dose of LSD actually um, helps a person to wean them off and maintain abstinence with alcohol. So given that we've spoken about the, you know, positive sides of what LSD does, as you said, we can't just come out and say, oh, LSD is great. Everyone should take it. So um, <laughs> why, why do you think then it, it's being classified as a schedule one drug rather than a schedule two drug? And why is it class A? So like literally the highest penalty yeah. carrying drug that there is. If it is beneficial, then why do they not Well, I think when, when, when it all started going down with LSD in the 60s, um, it was, you know, being used in parties and festivals. And I think that the FDA just kind of shut down on it and classed it as a class A drug, maybe not knowing and not having enough research done on it. Um, and now to get it out of that class is really hard because mm. it shouldn't have been classified as a class A drug to begin with. But now that it is, it, there's a lot of loop, you know, a lot of uh, hoops that you've got to jump through to approve something like that. It's like 
it's quite hard to go okay well actually mm. it used to be bad but actually it's good now guys yeah exactly yeah yeah i mean i guess there has been generations of you know i don't, I don't want to call it propaganda but there's been like generations of um you know literature and you know the way it's been shown in the media and so on where people do have a very negative uh, view of lsd so yeah but again overturn I- that yeah are that negative because there's not really been that many reported um, cases when it comes to LSD, uh, you know, problems with LSD. Uh, mm. The only time that that has kind of happened is when people have had predisposition to schizophrenia or other psychosis, uh, pro- uh, you know, uh, genetics or predispositions. Mm. So I don't know. I feel like it was painted in a bad light to begin with when it wasn't actually that, I, I don't know, personally, I didn't think it was that bad. Mm. Um, but the problem is that there isn't enough research and there still isn't enough research and that's why it's quite a touchy subject and that's why people are trying to you know create the research it's the same with cbd it's uh, we don't have the tools um, to be able to research it in depth so for example with cannabis cbd we already have our own levels of endocannabinoids in the body um, but we don't really have the tools to be able to measure them in the brain to know what baseline levels already are at and everybody's different as well so mm. that's a lot of the problem when it comes to drugs and drug testing is that we need to have you know therapeutic indexes which is you would know uh, mm. the the levels at which this drug is going to work and then you know lethal, lethal um, doses we, yeah. we need all of these things and Without those numbers per se, it's hard to be able to, uh, yeah, to, you know, try and approve something like that. But it's a little bit of like catch 22 because you need to do the research to have the numbers, but you don't have the numbers. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, it's, it's quite interesting um, when you point out, for example, that uh, psilocybin, according to the Global Drug Survey of 2017, was considered the most safe uh, recreational drug. And psilocybin right. is the active ingredient in magic mushrooms, which yeah. you can get in, for example, uh, Amsterdam. You can yeah. you can go Amsterdam and places like that. And you, it is not really that frowned upon. Um, yeah. But in particular, stuff with like LSD and whatever. Now that they've been classified as illegal, uh, what would what would your thought process be on? Like, for example, you mentioned alcohol. Alcohol is more, you know, as you said, on the scale, alcohol is considered to be the worst. And, you know, something like psilocybin is considered to be very safe. Yeah. What would would you think if they gave you the option of flipping the script and making alcohol illegal and the other one legal, would you take that chance or do you think they should all be legal? Oh, good question. Um, I definitely think alcohol is a lot worse than we think it is. Mm. Um, I definitely think that it's a a money thing as well because, you Mm. know, economy has Big to industry, run yeah. and you know alcohol does make the economy a lot of money uh but yeah I, f- I feel like if we were to play it fair then it should be probably illegal um mm. I, I think i would flip the switch but the problem is it comes you know you, you'll have other problems you'll have people abusing that as well or you'll have um children at a younger age using it when they shouldn't be you know it's, it's a bit more taboo to use lsd when you're 16 years old than it is to drink so yeah yeah maybe it'll open up you know cans of worms that we don't want to open in that direction because you know the brain is still developing through the ages of you know six to whatever is it nineteen twenty? Mm. Uh, and I, I don't know the effects of lsd i don't think many people do um or what that has on neuro neurodevelopment 
but I know that like CBD, for example, has massive effects on it because um, while you're developing CB1 and CB2, especially CB1 receptors in the body. So you know that there's two receptors um, yeah. for cannabinoids and the cannabinoid, and that's CB1 and CB2. Um, CB1 receptors are higher in um, adolescents because they help regulate almost everything, appetite, uh, mood, uh, pain, uh, growth, neural, neural, um, uh, like neural stem growth and helps with self proliferation and migration. Mm. Um, so there's a higher level of receptors in the body, which then drop off into adulthood. So you don't really want to be, you know, encouraging. And, and I know that you're not encouraging by making it legal. You shouldn't be encouraging yeah, by making yeah. it legal. I mean, um, the Dutch have it the right way by having it legal. People don't really, you know, go crazy on it. Mm. Maybe they have it the right way. I don't know. But yeah, there's complications in that sense. But then again, so does alcohol. So, you know, um, this is the thing. I mean, uh, when they banned alcohol in, I think, America, there was a whole moonshine period where people were making their own alcohol and yeah. they were like, you know, illegal runs where they would yeah. carry alcohol around the country. And that became a whole industry in and of itself, an illegal industry. Um, yeah. So one might argue that maybe legalizing all of this and actually being able to tax it and using that money to do research might be the yeah. step forward yeah. potentially. 100%. Yeah. Um, I do think that the Americans have it the right way by having the legal age for drinking at 21 because, um, you know, alcohol does have a lot of impacts on the brain. Um, what is it here now? I think it was 16 when we were kids. I can't remember if, it, if it's still like that now, but... <laughs> Definitely 18. Uh, but 18, I, okay, all right. <laughs> I, I know that in some countries you can drink anything less than 5% when you're 16, like in Holland, mm. for example. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Uh, okay, well. Yeah, so, um, you know, I guess, yeah, I guess I would maybe legalize all of it and, um, and then you at least have a control over it. You can, you can, you know, monitor what's going in and what's going out. And like you said, use that money for research. Yeah, I mean, like with uh, marijuana, for example, the initial reasons why it was uh, made illegal was, you know, some guy came out and claimed that if, uh, let's say, a white woman was to smoke, then she would fall in love with a black man. And they said, no, this can't happen. You know, th th these were actual legitimate things in court that were, yeah, they were, they were presented as evidence at the time. And so it was made illegal. And, yeah. um, you know, now we obviously know that that's complete and utter, you know, bollocks. But <laughs> at the time, they all, they all seemed to think... Yeah, they, you know, with pseudoscience, they seem to think that that was, that was the case without actually knowing what the effects of it would be long term. Um, yeah. So, you know, a lot of this stuff is rooted within, as we've already said, not knowing the, the truth behind what these things actually do. And, yeah. you know, coming to that, I think it's kind of interesting that, you know, when LSD was first found and whatnot, uh, um, this might be shifting a bit towards conspiracy here a little bit, but, uh, no, like you know, it. the MK Ultra, um, you know, stuff that was going on with the CIA where they were trying to look for ways of breaking down a person's psyche to get them to give information in interrogations, for example. They they tried to use LSD in those trials, for example. Yeah. And so, you know, when when people say LSD, you know, in the same way that when back then when you said marijuana, they'll be like, oh, if you smoke it, then you know, you're gonna start becoming lustful or whatnot. In the yeah. same way when you said LSD back then, they would think about, you know, mind control and MK Ultra and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, do you think that there's any kind of valid um, point in that? As in, if you take LSD or, you know, any of these kind of drugs, that you become more susceptible to being controlled and maybe that's something that should be looked into further? Um, hard, well, hard to say with LSD because LSD is supposed to be the one that breaks you free. 
Mm. So, you know, uh, maybe you're a, breaking your mind control. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you're saying being controlled by, by the system or by yourself. I, I mean, I'm not entirely certain of what was going on in these trials. I think it was mostly just if you give this person, you know, LSD, they become more impressionable. And so you can basically control them to say and do what you want. And, right. uh, you know, there's some famous cases where, you know, the Unabomber, for example, while he was at Harvard, he was part of these trials and whatnot. And he said it ended up making him very angry. And that's why he'd done the stuff that he had done and so on. But you know, it's a, do you think there's any kind of validity in that, that LSD can be used as mind control or anything like that? Yeah, I guess so, probably. But I don't know. I'm not sure about LSD because, uh, yeah, I don't know enough about infiltrating someone else's mind while they're on LSD. But uh, LSD has um, effects on the serotonin, which mm. I, would, I don't think, yeah, yeah maybe. I mean, serot- so the way LSD works is that um, uh, it, it, it attaches to serotonin receptors, but primarily in the visual cortex. So that's why you get the hallucinogen, the mm, hallucinogenic mm. effects, uh, because the, the visual cortex is, is at a state of heightened state. Um, so in terms of being able to, I mean, it also releases dopamine. So it could be that you're engaging with someone. I just, I just don't feel, yeah. Yeah. Well, does it make you more creative? Because there are a whole host of uh, musicians and artists in the past who have used LSD and it's kind of influenced their art and their music. Yeah. And like I was saying earlier, it breaks that kind of thought pattern. And sometimes people are stuck in their thoughts and their ways and they're afraid to kind of steer off from that. So, um, you know, in your brain, you have something called the default mode network, which I'm sure you've heard of. Mm. Uh, but it's the default mode at which your brain is thinking at when it's not thinking about anything else. So if those, that default mode network is... Uh, subconsciously negative all the time then you're going to think negatively a lot of the time and if you are um if your default mode network is more creative or you know what i mean it's just it's the way Mm. that your brain thinks when you're not thinking about anything else it's the default mode in which your your network is in but what happens with lsd is that it it actually inhibits the default mode network so i guess it would allow you to kind of come out of that state so that box that you've put yourself in subconsciously Mm. and that's why they associate uh, lsd with ego dissolution where you're able to kind of break down that egocentrism egocentrism (laughs) Um, (laughs) and connect with people so Mm. yeah i guess that it actually does help you to be more creative and 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 kind of release from the 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 thought patterns um that we you know you don't even realize Mm. you're doing a lot of the stuff most of the time so, uh, I mean, we've, we've talked uh, quite a bit about um, LSD, but for example, I brought up initially the case of the uh, Caldwell kid and um, how they were using CBD oil to treat his epilepsy and how it actually helped him uh, when it was removed from them. The child was, you know, in a dire condition and so they had to give it back. Uh, so what's your thoughts on CBD oil then? Like, and how, how does CBD oil help the human body and the immune system really? Yeah, so it's quite hard to research. Um, they've, they've, it's quite a new thing. So there's not actually that much reason on it. But I was listening to a podcast with David Nutt again, who is the guy who is running most of the research out of Imperial College in, England, in London. Mm-hmm. And um, he was saying how he had a patient who was taking CBD oil, self-prescribed CBD oil. Um, mm-hmm. with, he had colon cancer. And he, after a few, I, I mean, I don't know the numbers, let's say a month, 
uh, started throwing up this like black tar-like stuff out of his body. Mm. And uh, they started to think that it might've been him throwing up his own cancer because CBD uh, oil, um, there's CBD, CB2 receptors in the immune system. But again, those are really hard to do research on because we don't know exactly where they are in the body and how mm. they function exactly. And how do we monitor these things? But the theories are there and the thoughts are there around the CB, uh, yeah, CB2 receptors found in the immune system by taking CBD oil help um, uh, not suppress, what's the opposite of suppress? Uh, oh my God, I've completely, uh, <laughs> not suppress, but you know. Um, the opposite of suppress. Uh, Larging it, make it amplify. That's it, that's it, amplify. Um, the, the immune system, now the immune system is there to kind of wash away things in the body that shouldn't be there. And that's what your, brain, what your body does normally anyway. We're, our bodies are always getting rid of our own cancers before they develop into anything. We just don't really pay attention to that because mm. why would you? And we can't, well, again, we can't really um, measure that. But that, that is in theory what the body is doing and what the immune system is doing is constantly eating up dirty old cells that need removing. Mm. Um, so it has been thought that CBD oil helps to uh, amplify <laughs> the uh, immune system in in doing that task but yeah so it's weird because i worked at imperial for a while and we were doing some cancer trials there and um we had we had the a a janitor i guess you'd call him he'd come in he'd come in every now and then and just say oh what are you guys up to and whatnot and he uh you know he was very strong in his belief that he had cured his uncle of uh, cancer because he had given him cbd oil and so he was like ah listen you send them my way i'll cure them immediately and so on (laughs) But the thing is, his, his uncle was also getting chemotherapy at the same time. So then, again, it's like a, it's one of those things where people believe very strongly that, you know, CBD oil is going to cure cancer, it's going to do this. But yeah. we don't know if it was the CBD oil or if it was the it chemotherapy. Was maybe and I think it, Yeah, maybe it's a bit of both. And so yeah. it all comes back around to, you know, more research needs to be done to see exactly what yeah. the effects of this is. I mean, we yeah. know in a Petri dish, when you look at cancer cells, yeah. and you you know apply the cannabis oil to it in a petri yeah. dish yes it does it does it kill does cancer cells yeah. but how does that ha- how does it work in a human body which is very complex we don't really know what the yeah you know ins and outs of long-term effects of that is going to be but yeah you know, there's, there's a point to be made bacterial also because cbd receptors are literally found everywhere in the body in the brain mm. and in areas of the brain and that's why um, it's hard to say, you know, whether CBD has positive or negative effects, etc., because it has, uh, you know, you've got CBD receptors, um, CB receptors in the hippocampus, but you've also got them, you know, in the frontal cortex. So it's hard to, uh, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to, we don't have the tools to measure um, the levels of, uh, you know, receptors that we have in our body. And I'm sure that that'll be, that'll come eventually because we've been able to study other G protein coupled receptors, which is what the CB receptor is mm. as a type of G protein coupled receptor. So I'm sure that at some point, you know, we will get there, but yeah, we need the research to do that. So, um, I think it really comes down to, we've said that this is going to be about, you know, psychedelics and medicine and so on, but really yeah. it comes down to, um, a person's autonomy and their, you know, ability to choose what they put into their body and what they don't. I mean, right now, when you make something illegal, like LSD, like marijuana, like whatever, you're not allowing that person as a grown adult to make that decision. Yeah, yeah, take that's that, true. You know, that drug or that thing. 
like you know like alcohol is is legal but you know you don't well i know that there's unfortunately a lot of people who do drink every day but for me for example i don't um mm. i don't really drink that often but when i do, I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know i guess maybe it goes the same with having those things legalized is that yeah you have a choice to put it in your body and if you want it's the same as tobacco it's legal i don't smoke um yeah but i could if i wanted to so I mean, alcohol and uh, smoking, we know are like two of the almost main causes of all of these health, uh, health problems that we have in the modern world. And, yeah. you know, when you, when you think about it, you, the government acting as a nanny almost and saying, no, this is bad for you. You shouldn't have this, uh, you know, about marijuana or LSD, which have proven positive side effects. Um, yeah. But then telling us that, you know, we can have alcohol and we can smoke, which yeah. we, as far as we're aware, there is no positive side effect of, drinking yeah. other than maybe feeling good for a couple hours but you know in the long term physiologically it's very bad for us yeah so it's I like that, yeah yeah i guess that if they do approve it it will still be you know it won't be free-flowing like you wouldn't be able to buy lsd over the counter just the same way that you won't be able to buy you know propanolol over the counter but yeah exactly yeah that's yeah. legal mm. uh ketamine at the end of the day is technically legal but you know you can't buy it you can buy it illegally but Legally. You can't go to your local corner shop and ask for something. You know, <laughs> exactly. like, it doesn't, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, uh, yeah, methadone, sorry. actually, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to bring up uh, methadone is a, is a kind of uh, medication, I guess you can call it that uh, is supposed to help people get off of more serious, you know, harder drugs, like your heroines, like your yeah. cocaine and so on. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I, again, I've worked in a pharmacy in the past as well. And we used to give people methadone and, you know yeah. when you look at the science behind it it's almost as as bad if not worse than heroin itself anyway but it's a legal thing and the the whole principle behind it is you give them a, a bottle one week and say okay here's your methadone take this yeah. for a week next week you give them half a bottle and half a, and then you know you keep reducing the dose until they completely get off all yeah. other drugs but the drug that you're giving them is just as bad yeah. Well, I think that there's a take home message in that. And that is that there's an individuality in everybody's mental health. And now, for example, you can go and have a surgery, a major surgery and be on morphine for the next six months. But if your mental health is good, you, you might get physical addictions in some ways because, you know, morphine does cause dependencies. But you will most probably be OK coming out of hospital unless you already have, you know, people don't take drugs you know because they have to, to make the problem they take drugs because they have a problem mm, the drugs mm. are just a symptom of what's yeah. going on so you could take that away but the problem will still be there and i guess that's where you know addiction it's another that's another road to go down but yeah i mean uh, definitely we should, we should go into that a bit more but yeah carry on yeah, no, and that's what I was going to say. So alcohol and uh, LSD or, you know, whatever drug you want to talk about, it depends on the person's state of mind. And I guess that's what's hard to control. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be addicted to alcohol, heroin or cocaine or whatever, you're going to get it regardless of whether it's legal or not. Um, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of advocates for legalizing these drugs. I mean, I, I just want to make it clear. We didn't think we'll do this podcast so that we start yelling, you know, make drugs legal and all <laughs> no, of that. No, no. But- yeah, the, the, kind of the conversation's gone. Yeah, 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 the conversation's gone off in that tangent. So, um, you know, let, just to just to make that point, um, yeah. you know, there's some people who, who when they're campaigning to legalize these drugs, they kind of they kind of say what we've mentioned already, which is, you know, at the end of the day, you're a grown adult. You should yeah. be able to make the decision that you want with your body and what you put in it. And as you said, if somebody is addicted to heroin or yeah. to cocaine or to whatever. They're not yeah. going to say, oh, the government told me I shouldn't take it. So I'm just not going to take it. They're going to yeah, find exactly. a way. 
Yeah. So it's like, and yeah. then, you know, depending on who they get it from, they could be snorting or injecting God knows what. So if you were to make it at least an option for those that are already addicted to continue to get it and maybe smaller doses over you know, a period of time, okay. yeah, you could actually over, maybe overcome the, the issue. And as you said, nobody just wakes up one morning and says, oh, you know, what? I'll try some cocaine today. I'll try some heroin today. And then I'm just going to get hooked to it because I feel exactly. like... Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Something is going wrong there, either mentally or in their life. But so would you say like making it more accessible uh, basically prevents uh, having a deterrent? Like for you, um, I, I guess um, what I want to try and say is like, should there be some form of a deterrent to stop people jumping on the bandwagon in the first place? By doing this, do we not just make it more accessible for people to actually try heroin, etc.? Again, I think there should be an age limit, first of all. And uh, secondly, it's like... If somebody puts it in their mind that they want to try this drug, they're going to try it whether it's illegal or legal. Make it legal. At least you can kind of control the usage of it mm. and what is being put into the body and maybe even tax it. I don't know if I'd money. make pain and heroin legal, though. I would make things like LSD, weed, uh, or maybe weed, yeah, because you can control what you're putting in it as well if you're growing it. Um, mm. You know, you can take out the levels of THC that uh, um, create the psychedelic effects. Um, mm. And just potentially have more CBD than that and actually have a therapeutic drug. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I would legalize heroin and um, cocaine, uh, you know, crystal meth, speed, I don't mm. know, put those all in those brackets. Because, uh, yeah, like uh, Steve said, you could potentially be opening up doors to people who wanted to try it, but now never tried it because maybe they were afraid or mm-hmm. out of uh, religion or, you know, fear of, you know, some people still are fearful of the government well, not the government but you know the laws mm. um and it's so i don't know if i'd legalize those but i, I would legalize a lot of other things <laughs> if- so like the schedule twos the ones that have some sort of um beneficial therapeutic effect you would you, yeah. you would classify those as ones that would you'd be willing to um legalize but for example something like cocaine which isn't helpful in any way other than maybe increases your productivity so you know you know yeah but- exactly because those ones don't actually have any benefits to you know uh, to the mind or to the body um and heroin is actually legal like i said in the morphine form in mm. hospital so that has its own effect so yeah, I mean, in my opinion I, I think like medically things should be allowed mm. to be uh used i mean in a, in a medical sense because why not yeah. if it's useful for you medically um as, as in like it's been tested approved you know we know there's positive effects and uh, yeah. if you get a prescription and you can use it you should be able to use it but yeah. apart from that i'm very anti um let me put it this way: anti-drugs. Um, I, don't, I really don't think we're not pro-drugs, by the way. Just want to put it out there. We're not <laughs> saying we're. <laughs> Aaron, yeah, yeah, you're looking very suspect right now. The listeners are like, "Raw." No, I, I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you. I don't think that we should just be selling LSD on the streets and psilocybin, etc. But uh, yeah, like on a therapeutic uh, form, uh, way, um, or reason, then yeah, like I said, because you know, ketamine and morphine is legal in a in a medical setting but um yeah and you like i said earlier you can't just go and buy any drug over the counter that you can get it prescribed so um yeah, yeah I, I think i agree with you actually you know what i have a question there's a bit left um like medicine at the moment i see as being quite intrusive it's quite like oh you have this problem here here's a, a pill that will fix x problem um yeah. do you think like it's maybe moving away from drugs but it's more like do you think we're lacking more holistic medicine as in uh, even yeah. like lifestyles uh, yes. maybe for some people fasting might be good um yeah 100%. i think um 
doctors don't really, and not to, oh my God, I'm saying this to the whole world now, whoever's going to listen to this, but I do think that people are too quick to jump to medication. Um, and actually I'm, I was doing a bit of research because I want to write a post on it, but uh, we used to give people lobotomies, right? In the fifties um, for uh, mental health problems. And that was physically removing a piece of the frontal cortex so that they could go into the state of like more, relaxed uh zombie-like state mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah and that was frowned upon but we're prescribing the medication it is just doing the same thing but chemically because the only difference is that that's reversible but really is that any worse than actual lobotomies one can argue that it's not really reversible either because um again from my experience of working in a pharmacy whenever we had patients who would be on you know whatever drug it was that would alter their brain chemistry yeah. if they were to miss a single dose yeah that's the thing it's your, your you know what i mean all hell would break loose like you'd see the most uh, you know sweetest old man will just walk in and just start mashing things mm -hmm. up because he hasn't got his he hasn't got the Medicaid because there's a dependency there. Yeah. Well, I do think we definitely have need to take a more holistic approach to things um, and also just look at the body as a, as a whole. Uh, I don't know, I mentioned to you guys about uh, the gut brain axis. So, you know, people will eat bad because they feel like shit and then they'll eat like shit because they feel bad about themselves. And it's a, and it's a cycle and it's been proven that serotonin is produced in the gut. So if you're putting rubbish in your body the entire time, like sugars, processed foods, fatty, uh, fatty, fatties, fatty acids. Mm. <laughs> Don't eat fatties, guys. <laughs> uh, fatty acids and, um, uh, you know, then, then you're going to be a product of what you're putting into your body, not only physically, but mentally, because there is that, that link that we didn't really know about up until a few years ago. Um, so to, to, jump to medications I think is not the right way to go but then again I'm not a doctor so what do I know but you know personally speaking I think that that's you know we don't look at things as a whole and there's a lot more connectivity throughout the body and the mind and the mind and the body uh, and mm. think you know things that we wouldn't think about like the gut like when I told one of my friends that you know serotonin is produced in the in the gut and that's probably why you know she was mind blown she was like I didn't had no idea yeah, especially in the last 10 to 20 years, there's been a lot of revelations about the role of the gut in our overall health, which we didn't necessarily know previously. And it is, it is a new field of research, which, you know, a lot of money is being invested in because no, you know, you just think it's my gut, but really that's, that is the, those microbiomes that live in your gut. Incredibly important, incredibly important. Mm. Yeah, but I do think it's starting to go, oh, excuse me, that way. I do think that um, it is starting to take a more round, like, like a round approach to things. And I think that's what, you know, people like David Nutt, uh, Robin Carhart-Harris, uh, Ben Sessa, they're all guys that are researching psychedelics for the reason to, to perhaps stop uh, prescribing things like, uh, you know, uh, SSRIs and, uh, you know, mm. I know that obviously some people definitely need those, but it's, it, I think, yeah. Yeah. Be uh, careful about what we're prescribing. Like I have an anecdote where like, uh, you know, some people have like shoulder problems or et cetera. And the, do the doctor would prescribe him straight away to go to surgery to fix, I don't know, um, a muscular issue where um, I, I know because I'm quite interested in like the, the fitness community and strength training. And yeah. a lot of these issues can be solved by getting stronger in general in the given areas. And um, it's not necessarily the go-to uh, 
solution that a doctor will give you because it's, it's not, I guess it's not what their classical training is on where. Yeah. And it's not classical training. And also the, you know, the NHS, we already know is so pressed for, for, for everything. So it's, it's, it's better for people just stick to the, the rules and, and go down the way that they've been taught. I think um, just to kind of, uh, I, I, I'm going to defend the doctors a little bit. Yeah, no, I don't exactly. want it to sound like we're... Oh, no, exactly. I agree. Yeah, I don't want it to sound like we're thinking, but, um, you know, it's like if you go to a, uh, a cobbler and you ask him for a cake, he's going to say, I fix shoes. So if you go to a doctor and you say, I've got this problem, he's going to give you medication. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I appreciate that, hmm. of course, if but you have some muscular okay. issues. Uh, exactly. Yeah, then, you know, you could, you could potentially get rid of it by doing strength training. But if you're going to a doctor, he's not a personal, you know, fitness kind of person. So he might turn around to you and say, look, my medicinal understanding of your problem is that you need yeah. to fix it with surgery. Um, but there is a point to be made that, like, for example, um, you know, we've seen that uh, antibiotic resistant superbugs are now on a rise because of the over pres- prescribing of uh, poten- particularly GPs. Over farming. I mean, <laughs> antibiotics are being pumped into our, our meats. And- exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, when you think about it like that, there is a valid point to be made that, you know, in some cases we are too quick to, you know, prescribe uh, medication for things that might not necessarily need yeah. you know a tablet or a drug or something but mm. I think, you know, I think to be safe we should take this conversation and look at it from a, a, a the the receiving side so instead of um thinking doctors are prescribing let's uh, assume that people assume that they're going to get medication instead of thinking holistically before so does it make sense yeah, that was the point I was trying to make. Like, if you go yeah. to the doctor immediately, then the doctor yeah. will give you, you yeah. know, what he like, thinks is right. And yeah, and I guess that that's what we're doing by educating people and by people like, you know, the pe- people I've mentioned in, in drug science is we should try and educate the population so that they will better understand where to go when they have a problem. Yeah, totally. Could in turn actually help probably GPs by not having, uh, you know, appointments for everything. <laughs> I totally agree. I think that's basically it. People need to be educated on like what yeah. their health, what options are. Because I think we people don't know the options they think is, oh, go to the doctor. But maybe they don't understand that, you know, there's ways of living that will help you in the long run. There's ways of doing things that are different. Yeah, I mean, people don't even know how to eat properly and they don't know the consequences of what they're eating and all the processed foods, all the free three pound meal deals that they're buying, um, you know. So uh, this has completely gone off on a tangent, but back to, yeah. back to uh, you know, immune diseases and uh, autoimmunity, which is what you were talking about earlier, and the immune system is that, uh, you know, with, and again, tying in with the gut-brain axis, is that um, have educating on healthy eating and healthy minds could potentially help um, a lot of problems. And yeah. I think I've just hit a blank. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've covered a lot of topics today. Yeah. Which is, we always tend to do this. But, but yeah, um, no, I'm very, I'm very up for the whole psychedelic research. I'm following it, um, big time on it, because um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not necessarily advocating to legalize it, but it would be good to be able to see what happens from from all of this, because as previously mentioned, they they are less uh, addictive drugs. They are less. Um, uh, kind of invasive drugs you know you uh, the the, ther- the therapy seems to be very um holistic in the sense that it's it's got good outcomes and it doesn't need continued drug taking like taking antidepressants does something that you're going to need for the rest of, well not maybe for the rest of your life but some people do 
think they need it for the rest of their lives. And some people do need it for the rest of their lives. But um, having an alternative um, with the psychedelic research is great because uh, it opens up doors to, to less, uh, less invasive problems, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree. I think maybe one of my worries would be just looking at how America's going with um, the legalization of marijuana, etc. It tends to be like big companies that just take over and then, uh, yeah, you know, it becomes a business thing. Do you reckon yeah. it will, do you think it will happen the same way? Well, I mean, look at alcohol. It just proves my point earlier about how alcohol is legal, but it's, you know, got loads of uh, negative effects on the brain and mind and body and, 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 uh, economical uh, uh, problems, you know, with people damaging um, properties, etc. That, that was one of the things that came up in that article that I read, how people who are drunk will damage uh, properties and damage, you know, uh, public places. Um, so, um, yeah, it, I guess, yeah, I don't know how I feel about legalizing weed or marijuana because um, it, it, I don't know, does that mean that it still has THC in it? Because THC is essentially what's making Mm, yeah, uh, you have this uh, psychoactive effects. I mean, this might sound a bit chaotic of me to say this, but I'm kind of very much on the side of literally legalize everything because <laughs> I know I know it sounds mad to say. No, no, oh I'm yeah, not, I don't think it's mad at all. I think it's mad. I, I'm on I'm on the side. <laughs> I'm on the side of legal, like for example, you know, if I see somebody on the street who's asking for money and whatnot, you know, often you hear people say, "Oh no, don't give them money because they're gonna go get drugs with it." Well, what are other people going to buy with it? My thing thing is, if they can go and buy crack with your 10p donation, then let them buy it. If if that's what they want, because they're living on the street and they're having a tough time and they want something to take their mind off it, let them do it. Why should I have, you know, hold that guy to account? If you're you're the leader of the world, this world will burn, brother. What are you on about? I would legalize everything. I would would legalize everything. I, I think it's down to that person's own you know, auto- it's their own autonomy to decide what they take and what they don't take. And, yeah. you know, Tough one. just I because, because then, then you're giving the monopoly to the government who can then decide what happens to, uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I know it's. I didn't prepare for this. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, it's a bit of a tangent, but I, and I know it's. Um, I know this is great. It's good. I just, I, I don't know how <laughs> I feel about it. I mean, I know it's, there's more to it than just, oh, let's just legalize everything and, you know, mm. whatever. Let's just let deal with it. But it's a bit like the freedom of speech. You have but the yeah, right to say... I completely agree with you because I'm all about being yeah. able to make your own choices and do what you want and, you know... Because um, you have freedom of speech, but you don't have freedom of consequences. No, we don't really it's have the freedom same of speech. Well, well you, yeah, you, I mean, that's, so, that's, a, that's oh, a... I mean, like, you can't say anything. You can't do anything that's treasonous. Uh, there's, you know, when people say freedom of speech, it's not like super freedom of speech. It's not. No, no, I know, I know, but just on But this is what I mean. Like, <laughs> you can't have it the same way on the other side. Like, at the moment, yeah, you're right. We have outliers that are already doing it. But let's not hmm. make outliers become, uh, you know, more accessible to uh, to other people. Where then, then this problem is no longer an outlier issue. I, I, Here's I the thing, though. The you you have freedom of speech, but you don't have freedom of consequences. If you allow freedom of drugs, you're not saying okay, freedom of consequences for that as well. If you, for example, get drunk and destroy a police car, you're going to get done for it. In the same way yeah. that if you take some other drug and you go and do something criminal with it, you're going to get done for it. And right now, when you look at it, a lot of people, the criminal act isn't because they've gotten high; it's because they've done something to get funding so that they can go and buy that illegal drug. So, you know, they use up all their money and then they go and rob someone to get more money to go buy more drugs. It's not that they take 
you know, the heroin or cocaine and instantly it just makes you go, oh, I have to break some, you know, break some laws right now because I've taken this drug. That's correct. So if you legalize it, I mean, I... I'm just but on the side. I don't like when they place rules on stuff in it. So I'm just on the side of. I like that you're being an underdog with this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm fighting. I'm fighting the fight right I now. I don't think I would legalize heroin, cocaine, crystal meth. To be honest, I just mm. I don't know why. I I just don't think I would, because I think it would open up too many too many doors. But I would uh, help people who do have those addictions already. Um, mm. in being able to take them safely because they shouldn't, you know, um, they shouldn't suffer because they have an addiction and, and the government should be helping with I that. So. You know, like, I think it's in Finland. They have 6,000 homeless people in total because instead of waiting for them to come to them for help, they help the homeless and with, regardless of whether they've come to help and they put them in a system that helps them um, uh, thrive and achieve and, and, and mm. prosper by teaching them. And, and because again, it, it's not, drugs are just the, the 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 byproduct of what's going on in the head so if you fix what's going on in the head what mm. he's trying to do you can already solve so many problems which is the drug taking so then you wouldn't yeah, I mean, need a legal crystal meth because people would have a healthier me- mental exactly yeah. see my, my thing is those people are going to take those drugs regardless make it legal or illegal it's up to you but if you make it legal at least you know who's taking it you know what they're taking Aaron, you, you can tax laugh. it Bro, and then you, you can fu- you can fund <laughs> people don't listen to him don't but do you it can, <laughs> you can go to festivals and get your drugs tested and that i am all for because that's great because they will tell you if the stuff you're buying is going to kill you or if the stuff you're buying is going to be fine because people are going to take it regardless of whether you've yeah. told them to or not so you can go and get your drugs tested and that's fantastic yeah, I mean, a lot of ecstasy-related deaths, for example, are happening in nightclubs because it's, they're it's just getting spiked. Yeah, yeah, because with fentanyl, it kills people. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm all up with helping people and, like, you know, helping homeless people, helping people already have problems. But to open the doors of hell, Erin, I think, I think you're you going a bit too the fast. Doors of hell? They are going <laughs> biased. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying, Aaron. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I need to think about that one and maybe come back to you guys on another podcast and talk about yeah. it. Yeah, no, definitely. I'll be more you know than happy what? with this. We can, put, we can put up a poll on our Instagram page. We, we should. We should hear what, pe- what people, see what people uh, think. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm always on the side of just legalize everything. But so. I do think that if alcohol is legal, then LSD should be legal. Yeah, <laughs> do you yeah. see what I, 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 mean? I think I mean, alcohol is one of the worst ones. I mean, if you look statistically, it's insane. Yeah. And if MDMA was legal, then it wouldn't be dirty, and then people would have a great time, and they wouldn't die on it because exactly that's that's the point I'm making. Like you know, if you know what you're giving people, and you know who's taking it, you can. Yeah, I think I've just figured it out. I think a light switch has just gone on in my head. I think we can't enable people who've got drug addictions, Mm. but then how do you monitor that? Because I'm thinking about well, well, I I would I would legalize MDMA. Why would I legalize MDMA? Because then that helps people take drugs safely without dying in clubs. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm thinking, uh, well, what's the difference between that and heroin? And I've realized, I think it's the addiction part. I think it's the fact that you, you might potentially be enabling. So if it's an addictive drug, then I probably wouldn't legalize it. Whereas MDMA. But alcohol, guys, alcohol is very addictive. No, no, and that's why I agree that alcohol should probably not be legalized. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that if we discovered alcohol now, it wouldn't be legal because of the addictive properties it has. Um, Mm. But then you become addicted to something else. Would we become addicted to MDMA if that was legal? I think each one has its own risk reward as well. Like, you know, you can't compare uh, marijuana to Coke or or, or whatever. Like they all have their own risk reward uh, ratio. Hence why we have different categories 
for uh, you know class A, class B, etc. Yeah. So, but I do so, agree if if alcohol can be allowed to be like a rampant thing, and for me, it's one of the worst things. Can be addicting, just can destroy your body. Uh, yeah. it's just, I agree. It is the worst. I think it's the worst. So would it be safe to say that I think both of you guys are under the same kind of uh, thinking that, you know, schedule two drugs. So those that have some sort of medicinal, you know, purpose should be legalized, but you're not pro crack. Not that I am pro crack. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I would just let people do whatever they want. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I think if we were to sum it up, that's probably the way. I mean, is that correct? Is that how you guys feel? That as long as it's got some sort of medicinal use, then it, it should be legalized. Yeah, but also uh, define legalized because, for example, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, someone told me this, and I don't know if it's true, and I've actually, I actually haven't checked my sources, but I think you're allowed to have, I think, up to two grams of cocaine on you as mm. a person without being uh, prosecuted for it. Yeah, I don't but think you get jail time for it. Um, exactly. After a certain amount... Yeah, after a certain amount, it's uh, intent to distribute because they're saying you can't possibly use all of that yourself right now. So you must yeah. be trying to you know, exactly. distribute it to others. So there is, it is a so bit shaky. If legal, then surely we should if we should still make it hard, not hard to, yeah, like in, not very accessible. Like definitely you can't buy it over the counter. Hmm. But maybe if you could put in a prescription for it, but then again, nobody would prescribe you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's, it's like I said. I have no idea what my, where I stand on this. It's like with ketamine. I mean, we know that, you know, technically it is legal, but you can't just go down to your local, um, you know, supermarket and, or, you know, your local corner shop and say, oh, I have one ketamine, please. Like, it doesn't work that way. Even yeah. if it is legal, doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to overflow you're the streets. You go and just buy it, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and I, like you said, I mean, if, if somebody already has an addiction to these drugs, is, does it make sense to make it illegal and push them further away from society? Or should we say, okay, you've got this addiction, we will literally supply you the drugs, but if you come in, you know, we can, we can maybe try to wean you off it. We can do something like to yeah, make it I, illegal. I try therapeutically to help them come off it and, and sort out the problem that's, you know, lying underneath the drugs. Hmm. Uh, probably still keep them illegal. Yeah, I, I think to help, yeah, okay. To help think, them out, it's fine. I don't see why you'd need to have cocaine and heroin and crystal meth legal, for example. I yeah. understand what you're saying, but uh, if, you're, if someone was coming in to have it dispensed wouldn't you rather say let's get you the help we need you need yeah and if that help if that help lets them use it let's say like oh they've figured out that oh they need to wean them off or whatever that's fine but if we're just giving it to them like oh yeah here you go mate the the point i'm making is though those people regardless of whether or not you make it illegal or legal are going to do these drugs you know, think of it. Okay, I'm gonna go out. Yeah, of the yeah, box. yeah. But Aaron, 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 Aaron. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. But like, mm. let's put them in a program where they can have access to it, but it forces them to go into education, forces yeah. them into going into some kind of program, which hopefully you know, gets them off it. This is my point. Like, let's not make it. Like, I watched the. I watched the. I watched the documentary where this guy was basically talking about when he was at the peak of his career and he was an engineer and whatnot. He started doing crystal meth, right? And he was like, it's the best feeling I've ever felt in my entire life. And no matter what happened, I'm not going to stop. I'm just not going to stop. And he was very high functioning. So he would but literally get his salary. He was so high functioning and probably so stressed in his job. 
Exactly. That it, was, yeah. it was an escape. If you heard the way this man was talking about that drug, like he he almost made me want to try it. I mean, he was he was really I'm like I'm, I'm worried for Aaron now. No, no, seriously, he was the way he was describing it was insane. Like he was he was like this is just the best thing ever. So I'm thinking somebody like that. I mean, well, you can you can Aaron, try wipe it off no, the face of the earth. He will make it himself. Like he's not going to stop taking it. Well, I've got to agree with you. Every time I watch uh, John Travolta in Pulp Fiction, I always think that heroin oh is really, really fun. And if someone could guarantee that I will never take it again and I won't get addicted, I think I'd say yes. Exactly. Do you see what I mean? It's, it's such a... <laughs> doesn't allow me. <laughs> no, that's the thing. If you, if, if you listen to he the was like, I'm logging off. You nah, too. I'm gone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost. Evan, you lost me. You lost me like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> no, but oh, the only point I'm trying to really make is that you know, drug users, they're going to use the drugs regardless. You can, you can say, oh, no, you know, handbags. Oh, no, I'm so scared. I'm clutching my handbag at the, the thought of, how, you know, drugs. And they're so scary. We should make them illegal and lock people up for taking it. But, but, but the reality it, is they're going to take it anyway. Crystal meth does get me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, that is quite a scary drug. Everyone's zombies <laughs> everywhere, like, <laughs> buying people's faces off. But that's the thing. I actually don't believe... Okay, this is okay. I'm just going to quickly make this point. I don't want you want to delve into it because it will go completely left. But you know, I don't think that we as humans actually need any kind of government or governing or anything like that. And I don't think that we're going to all descend into madness and anarchy and start throwing our poop no, out. No, I, mean, I think uh, that we don't need Libya? a government. But I, I feel like there's a lot of people who are out of the. Um, you know, if we had a circle of normality, there's a lot of people that are outside of that that would start causing a lot of chaos. Yeah, I, just yeah, don't, trust, I don't trust the society around me to be able to. You know, in Bristol, is, I do. People thing, here yeah. are great, but I don't know. You know, anywhere well, in else. London, it'll be chaos. Is that way? <laughs> no, I think I think even London. Oh, I don't know, but yeah, like I just. I I don't know. I I have a belief that if we were to, you know, say these drugs are legal, we wouldn't all descend into mad. Like if they said to me cocaine was legal, I'm not going to try it. I'm not going to go and try it. It's it's the same as me as I don't smoke. I could smoke if I wanted to because it's legal and I can buy it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But guys, like, like we have, we have laws on, um, you know, not advertising cigarettes where in the past, let's say it's legal and fully open and you can do that. They used to uh, prescribe tobacco. Well, there we go. Yeah, you see, like adverts in doctors' offices prescribing yeah, weight loss, weight loss tips. But the, the, this is my point. Like, it's only because we put laws and regulations on these things that we've controlled it. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, so but if, we, I think we originally sold it badly because we were advertising it, and now we've like yeah, legalizing doesn't mean you're going to advertise on the school no, milk no. cartons. Oh, hey kids, try some cocaine. No, but I, I'm, I'm saying I mean? like I'm, I'm saying hypothetically on your anarchist uh, belief where we should have no government and. And we can self police ourselves. And I know this is a totally different yeah, topic. Yeah, don't don't go into that. That's a completely different topic. But, <laughs> but yeah, let me on. make one, one point. Like if we go into that, and basically everyone has free reign. It's it's like free market capitalism. You know, they they, they can promote mm-hmm. things as much as they want, get everyone hooked on opioids like they did in China with the British uh, you, you know, this is this is what the British used in uh, during the colonial period. Where they okay, got the whole of China hooked he, on heroin. Here's the thing. Shut up, Eric. No, no. <laughs> you just, you just no, no. want to ruin I us. Just, no, no. I don't, do, I don't want to just ruin us. Don't listen I'm, to Uncle Aaron. A bad cop thing. I'm not going to lie. And I'm stuck in the right in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my, my, my thing is, I just think today, in today's society, we know enough about all of these drugs, what they do, what their you know, negative side effects are, what their positives are. We know. We know. There's a lot true, of true, true. That is true. That is true. There's That's a true. lot of people who don't understand the simple, you know, mechanism of drinking uh, sugary drinks are bad for you. You know what I mean? Mm, mm, so, mm. 
we're, to- we're talking about people that will buy processed foods and you know cheap foods and cheap meats and drink yeah any cheap and chicken and chips yeah. now we're trusting them with drugs mm-hmm. i don't know yeah. <laughs> I get your point, Aaron, and I think I would if everyone had my mentality and your mentality and Steve's mm. mentality and a lot of people that I know's mentality, then I would say definitely legalize drugs. But mm. I think we're talking, to, you know, a lot of people don't really care about having knowledge on anything, especially mm. what they're putting Nicole, in. Place. Let me put it this way, right? When we were kids, there was a chicken and chip store where we used to live. Me and Aaron grew up together. And one day it was, uh, they had a health rating of zero out of 10. And you know what we did? We went, and, we went and ate there every because day. what every day <laughs> it was so, cheap it was one pound fifty for see, four it, wings it, and chips we went there every day yeah yeah so okay, imagine if they did that with crack Aaron you'd be there every day yeah. one pound fifty like here I come again no I mean you know what look I, I'm let's I'm, agree to disagree let's agree yeah, yeah let's agree to disagree oh, just closing no, closing I, I statement. agree with you I agree with you in my realm of reality and in your yeah. realm of reality I agree with you 100% but we don't live in that reality that we've just described and unfortunately we've Cl- closing to- argument though closing argument though yeah just okay. one thing I'm gonna say okay. I'm, okay. I am a bit erratic in the stuff that I think sometimes so I would either say make everything legal or make everything, everything illegal because yeah. why is why is alcohol and cigarettes legal then if that's the yeah case? i agree that's the money making thing i don't think alcohol should be legal it's just no, yeah. uh, but then again then the whole world would change because there'll be no more nightlife there'd be no more nightclubs yeah. there'd be no more no. you know that, that kind I, of I would, stuff I would, I would like, that. like the thought of being able to go to a day party if i want to because i'm all up for a day disco <laughs> mm, is that, i mean uh, yeah i'm I just putting it out there i'm putting that out there that's my final thing i'm not you know Ah, you know what? <laughs> okay, well, I'll have to put it out to the general population and see what they say. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put a poll out. We'll put a poll out and see what yeah. see what our listeners I'm, think. I'm well. definitely going to rip Aaron on the uh, on the story, so you guys watch <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, a lot of memes are going to be coming out soon. <laughs> Amazing. Well, anyway, uh, well, LSD has a lot of therapeutic um, benefits. MDMA as well as a lot of trial CBD as well. Don't take it. Don't listen to us and take drugs now. Please. Yeah, I'm not saying take take crack or anything. I'm no, no. But if anybody's listening, to this, it's like, hmm, those guys said that we should. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really interesting, and I'm looking forward to the research that's going to come out in the future on this. I yeah, think. we should definitely touch base on this again, and maybe yeah, do yeah, sure. like you said, do a bit of research, see what people say, and then just come back and and then close us off again one more time. Definitely. Is there any particular sources that you would maybe suggest to people listening to this now to actually go and look up? So you said, Professor, was it David Nutt? So they actually all have a website together called the Drug Science Podcast or the Drug Science, drugscience.com, where it has mm. everything on it, everything, including podcasts. And it's, Okay, it's, so we'll, we'll, put, we'll put a link to that in our bio then. Right. Um, so if you want to listen to it, guys, then just press the link and uh, you'll, find, you'll find that website. And... Uh, Nicole's neuroscience is your at on Instagram. Yes, with an S. Yes. So go, go and follow and uh, you know check out her page as well. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. I was really nervous, but it actually turned out to be great. So awesome. Thank you so well, much. We, 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 we try our best. Thank you yeah. for coming. <laughs> and uh, yeah, don't do crack kids. Yeah, don't, don't do drugs. Kids. Maybe a little, maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> Only the legal ones that have therapeutic effects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? That was bloody brilliant.